0: Hello, and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. Radio. Hello, welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz. And you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website at sumatisparks.com. That's S as in Sam, U, M as in Mary, A T I. Sparks, as in Sparks are flying, dot com. and when you enter your email, you'll be uh, you'll be added to my mailing list, where you'll be the first to know about both my online events as well as my live events in the San Francisco Bay Area. So today, I'm really excited to have as my guest Heather and Shane, who are the creators of the Sacred Sex Game. Heather and Shane are artists, lovers, and tantra practitioners. And they created a relationship and communication tool for people to play and um, to develop a, a greater awakening for deeper intimacy, communication, and passion between lovers. So Shane and Heather are on hold waiting to join the show. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty getting on the show right now. I'm hoping any minute now we'll get them connected. But in the meantime, I spoke with Shane um, before, prior to the show, about the game, and the Sacred Sex Game is a beautiful. Um, oh, here they are. Hello, Shane and Heather.
1: Hi,
2: Sumati. Hi, Sumati.
0: There you are. I was just introducing the guests to you, and saying that we spoke a couple days ago about that your game is just this beautiful work of art in and of itself. So I'm glad we got all the technical difficulties. Um, We got them out of the way and you're here. So welcome to the show.
2: Yes. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you.
0: So glad to have you. So, um, yeah, tell us more about your game. Like, how did you come about creating a sacred intimacy kind of game?
2: Yeah, well, my story starts... Uh, 20 plus years ago uh, I attended my first Tantra workshop uh, and uh, from that point I just became a practitioner and uh, realized that I wanted to contribute uh, to the world in a way that was fun and exciting and so I started actually designing the game uh, um, probably about 19 years ago, and uh, wow. I went through about six different re- yeah I went through about six different revisions of the game, and then you know life just kind of got ahead of me, and uh, I was still you know in my 20s, and so I just kind of put the game down, and uh, it wasn't until Heather and I met uh, that uh, I picked it back up. I actually remember coming into her house one day, and I said, I have a tantra game. And uh and
1: we played it yeah. in its rudimentary form and it was wonderful. And uh but like Shane said, it just got um shelved in the closet for multiple years. And then um we picked it back up about two years ago and really dedicated a full year of work to refining it and redesigning it and getting it to publication. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. And how long have you been together in relationship?
1: Um, we have been together for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: um, you've been tantra practice. How long have you been practicing tantra, and how did your practice of tantra lead you to creating this game?
2: Well, I, I came in with, uh, obviously, some knowledge of tantra and uh, practiced throughout uh, many years, uh, you know, 20-plus and then um, when we met, I, in, you know, immediately we started uh, practicing together. And uh, that was just, that was our practice. Uh, you know, there was our fun together. And,
1: uh, and lots of reading and books and practicing um, with each other uh, in our own private space. So
2: um, we just... Yeah, we had some friends over for... Uh, dinner one evening and we were just chatting. And I think at the time, it was about this about two years ago, I was in a creative slump and uh, they asked me, you know, what do you got going on? What's, what's inspiring you? And out of the clear blue, just like when I, when I uh, said it to Heather, I was like, well, I have this Tantra game. And so that night we actually sat down and we played it, the four of us. And very, very rudimentary, of course, still, I hadn't worked on it at all. And uh, they said to me, "We want to see this. We want you to publish it." And uh, my good friend, he actually gave me a deadline um, of actually publication. So I think that's kind of what I needed is uh, like a somebody who was really trusting for me, but also giving me a deadline uh, that I that I met. I met the deadline uh, uh, to actually have it for uh, publication. And uh, rest is history.
0: Cool. Yeah, and it sounds like having somebody that believed in the game, that believed that it needed to be out there, because we don't always know when it's in
1: our own head, right? (laughs) Of course. Yeah, I think we were just uh, too close to it in that form, and um, getting some really good feedback was the key.
2: I think so, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And so can you tell me a little bit more about the kind of Tantra that you've been practicing and how that inspired you? Because there's so many different forms of tantra. Many people are calling it neo tantra now. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. so, what, how how do you define tantra, and how does that practice show up in your life?
2: Yeah, I think I tend to be a little more traditional. So that's you know one of the fundamental reasons why we named it Sacred Sex Game, without being very technical. Because I see tantra as a technology, an ancient technology to be able to Um, bring together the energies uh, of the body and um, supplement them into higher energies and connect with the divine force. And that can be done done as a solo practitioner, but you can also, you know, add, you know, a human being or other human beings and actually have even more energy. So it's really important to know how to cultivate that energy in oneself before adding uh, another or, or even multiple. So, uh, that's kind of where I come from. The neo tantra movement, you know, is like it's pretty new, and it's uh, very interesting how it's transforming uh, very quickly, and and how it's being expressed. And it really does seem to be uh, mostly about the, the sex of tantra, which is such a such a small part in terms of the whole mm-hmm. um, the holistic, the, holistic yeah. lineage of tantra. Mm-hmm.
0: So, does your game? Um, approach tantra in that holistic way, where it's a what? Well, I shouldn't say what else is there besides sex, but like what else besides sex is included in? Yeah, the game?
2: yeah. Thank you. Good question. Um, well, it, it there are uh, postures in the uh, tantra oh, game, or well, the yeah. The well, let me.
1: The game um, has nine different categories of cards. So, it's not like Shane said, it's not all about sex. We have cards that are body cards, mind cards, emotion cards, spirit cards, expansion cards, um, block cards, posture, knowledge, and integration. So, those are the nine different categories. Um, So, as you can just hear from the description, it's very multifaceted.
2: Yeah, there's a lot that goes. I see into the game itself with communication and um, creating boundaries, uh, understanding how to deal with emotional release. These are all cards in the game, and uh, we like to look at it as a, like a love manual uh, that people mm. play.
0: Yeah, it sounds very comprehensive. What's your, your background um, that you brought into it, or did you just start creating the game and then do some research to round it out? or? did you come in with all that knowledge
2: kind of came in with it all yeah yeah Yeah, it was it was really kind of an expression of what we've learned together and Mm -hmm. you know knowing how to communicate clearly knowing how to honor each other's boundaries uh knowing how to um you know do reciprocal breathing or eye gazing or um you know and there's lots of cards that are you know, fun cards, and we can read some of those off like, you know, confess a fetish, or, you know, tell <laughs> me where you want to be touched, or, um, you know, explain your bedroom in three words. Uh, what would you like to do to me? What would you like me to do to you during foreplay? You know, so it, it, that's why I said it's, it's not um, technical. It's not, there's not a lot of technical. It's very, the language is very simple, and it's about really creating a sacred space together.
1: Yeah, and communication mm. and, you know, doing these postures and actions and yeah. having fun and playing together.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that because I was just uh, having a session with a client today who's been married for over 20 years. And she was saying how, you know, it's just really hard to get lovers to try new things and do new things. It feels really vulnerable to share. That you might want something different sexually, or you might want touch in a different way than it's always been, or you might want your partner to give you more of something, and that that's so hard when you have this habitual pattern of relating over decades. So it seems like this game would be such a great avenue for lovers to be able to begin to talk about those things because it's playful in a game format. Does Does that sound right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I love about the game is that uh, we've played it so many times, I, we've lost count, and every game is beautifully different. And we've actually mm. heard that from our um, customer feedback as well, that the way that you interact with the game, the way that you pull the cards, um, it ha- it happens naturally, and it happens in a way that you wouldn't necessarily um, – do in everyday life with your partner or with a friend that you just want to play with or group setting, whatever. And it just unfolds and it unfolds in a very loving, non-judgmental, non-threatening way. And you can really just start to talk and really the the meat of this game is really communication.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And that is what yeah. is, I think, the foundation for any healthy relationships of any kind. Of um, someone I interviewed on my show said, "I'm just a one-trick pony. I just teach communication in all its various forms."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you have your own unique <laughs> form of communication here. That's great. Yeah, yeah, awesome.
1: for sure. And so, and um, you know, we have uh, customers that. Have been married for 30 years, so similar to your client that you met with today, and you know, versus people dating for less than two weeks. And what's beautiful is that wherever you are in that partnership, you can play this game and it will unfold the way that you need to unfold where you are in that time.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, we have 270 cards in the game. And so, this is so rich in content, and you pull about 25 to 35 cards per game, uh, mm-hmm. per person. And so, and the cards are designed in a way that they have a range of interpretation. So, it's not locked in in the in, in way in which it is read or interpreted. So, it could, uh, an individual card can grow with a person if they pull it again. Mm-hmm. They could pull it and it mm-hmm. could be completely different next time. Uh, which is really, mm. I think, uh, an important part of the game.
1: And that's happened to us yeah, several times. <laughs> absolutely.
2: And, you know, one Hi. of the things, too, that I like to talk about as far as, like, the game and how it is designed, uh, the game has three different rings. It has an outer ring, a middle ring, and an inner ring. And then it has a center. And so you start the game by actually communicating what you would like if you won, which is called our end elixirs. And there's a whole range of 50-something of those that um, uh, a person gets if they, if they win. And, uh, and then you also discuss blocks, if you want to discuss blocks um, as part of the um, start of the game and what it is you want to give up. So automatic, release, yeah, yeah, release. So you, you're, you're, you, know, you start the game by communicating what you want to receive and what you want to let go of um, before the game even starts.
0: Hmm. So what would be an example of something that people would want to receive and let go of
2: before um, they even start? Yeah. yeah. Let's open up the
1: gonna... book here. So it come, the game obviously comes with an instruction manual. And uh-huh. these are elixirs.
2: So we have... Because I'm trying to imagine if I'm
0: sitting down to play a game and somebody asks me what I want, I'd be like, I don't know, what are the options?
2: (laughs) Sure, sure. So um, in multiple um, settings, like uh, a triad or four single people playing, um, some of the end elixirs are tonight is my night to receive and give unconditionally or give unconditionally. Mm. Uh, Tonight, uh, the group fulfills a sexual fantasy for me. Uh, tonight, the group will indulge a fetish of mine. Uh, the group mm-hmm. will pamper me and love on me for an hour. Those are just a, some of the and you know, we have a long list oh, and then like a choose so what we
0: choose, we choose mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. those before we start so that in case we win, that's what we'll win yeah. Yes, yes, yes. and
1: it. what's nice is that you all know each other's end elixir, and if um, mm-hmm. somebody doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with that then you can choose another one and so everybody has to be on the same page as far as uh everybody else's end
2: elixirs right and so like group massage everyone uh reaches for a different area on someone else uh sensual play conscious touching kissing and massage would close on
1: and then for and
2: then yeah and we actually um, for couples, there's a whole another list which actually comes as in the manual, and that's uh, mm-hmm. you know straight to the bedroom, then uh, head out for romantic night out in town, um, sex in public, um, 69, uh, read me bedtime stories, lots and lots of wonderful things. Mm, beautiful.
0: And then, what do you mean by blocks? Like things that you're that you're resistant to, or boundaries, or what, what do you mean by blocks?
2: One of the things that you might need to work through, um, the,
1: uh, we have four, four different types of blocks. Um, there are physical blocks, mental blocks, emotional blocks and spiritual blocks. So again, in the instruction manual, we have lists of blocks that, um, somewhat the person playing might resonate with, Uh, A physical block would be low libido or no sex drive. Mm. Mm. Um, Another one, lack of boundaries or difficulty saying yes or no during sex.
2: There's 25 of
1: those. Yeah, there's 25 of each of these blocks. Um, You know, just a little taste for what you could resonate with. Uh, Mental Mm. start blocks are um, unable to express my sexual fantasies, desires with my partner. Uh, another mental block is I must get the last word in when arguing.
2: Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
2: so these are what, so again, back to the, uh, the start of the game, you choose something you want if you win, which is an end elixir, and you choose a start block that you, something that you want to recognize or something you might want to work through or something that might um, have some resonance with you as you work through the game. So it's good to focus on things as you play and pick the cards. That way you can identify and begin to personalize uh, the cards in a different way.
1: And the way that you approach the game as well.
2: Um, It can change every time.
1: And we also do have um, a start block that just says, I just want to play the game. So if you just want to play the game, we celebrate that.
0: Well, it sounds like you could save a lot of money in therapy by
2: getting this game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> perhaps yes we we, we considered a love manual and and a workshop
1: a private workshop for um people to play together yeah mm-hmm.
0: right and so how does it work for let's say um brand new relationships maybe somebody who's just you know they've had a half a dozen dates and they're exploring beginning a relationship how would it work for someone like that
2: well, we've actually had that in our test group uh, when we first started uh, seeing whether or not the game was going to work in its, in its current form. And sure enough, these people had been dating for a week. And we kind of like told them, this is a very revealing game. So our only mm-hmm. suggestion would be to be available to be vulnerable, to really express mm-hmm. yourself and, and know that the game opens people up. And so we just, mm-hmm. our best advice is clear communication uh, for whoever mm-hmm. wants to play.
1: And if, there, if there's a card that's pulled that is a little uncomfortable, then um, you just put that card underneath that pile and draw another card. Yeah,
2: that's part of the rule set. That's
1: part of our rules in the in the manual
2: as well. Mm-hmm. And
1: No questions asked.
2: Mm-hmm. And the sexual postures that are in the deck, uh, so we, uh, out of the 270 cards, there's only 10 actual sexual postures. And those say try naked or clothed. So there's that as well. So, And, and you could even just talk about something as opposed to... Physically doing physically, something.
1: Physically,
0: yeah. Nice. So what are some of the things people have said they've gotten from the game, from playing it?
2: Well, that it is kind of... It's intense. And it is like a workshop. Yes, very exciting, Mm -hmm. and renewing their um, uh, love together or their their spark of passion.
1: Communication, uh, just being able to talk about um, everyday life or blocks, um, you know, physical things, mental things, and really working through through those issues potentially and being elevated because it's no longer holding on to that person yeah. in their mind.
2: You know, and as from, from a game standpoint, a lot of people have uh, stigma about games, like from childhood, like childhood trauma about playing games, you know, cheaper. Mm -hmm. you know, loved ones cheating or, you know, not playing Mm -hmm. fair and all these weird Mm -hmm. things that get wrapped up around a game. And so we really feel like the name sacred sex game, all three of those words are actually, we're helping those to be healed because this Mm. is a game in which uh, everyone wins. I mean, you, as you play the game, everyone is raised up and
1: and you're rooting for each other in this game. It's it's not mm. like you're playing against the other people or the other person. You're playing together. Yeah, for sure.
2: And you know it, it is a game in in the sense that you, you roll dice and you pick cards and uh, you have scoring. You yeah, you yeah. have scoring. And it's yeah, sure. That's that's the game part. But being able to be vulnerable and open, or being able to Um, Do reciprocal breathing with uh, someone is is not what you would consider, you know, a traditional board game.
0: (laughs) Right, and everybody wins at the end because there's one person who's kind of more receiving what they want, but the others are participating and giving that them to that, giving
2: that to them. Absolutely.
0: Exactly, and like like, it's not like like they go off in a corner on their own.
2: (laughs) Exactly, yeah, and the hallmark of the game actually. And which, you know, I've been designing this for a long time and it actually came to me. Heather remembers when I came into the, her studio and told her, I, I did it, I figured it out. And she's like, what, what? And I was like, the, the hallmark of the game. And so just like we uh, as beings want to uh, orgasm together and, and have a, a, a process that is uh, uh, sexually uplifting together, uh, the person who makes it to center first does not win their uh, end elixir until the other person or the other people make it to center as well. And that the person who wins actually rolls for the other person or the other people until they make it into the center. And then the game ends. Mm. And then they All are right. awarded. So it is like a, a joint process to make it. It's just not one person gets there and then the game's over. Everyone mm.
1: Everyone finishes. You know,
2: Mm-hmm. So you're really rooting for yeah. each other.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
0: that's nice. And so, what what are some of the things that you do on the way to winning?
2: Yeah, okay. are there are there <laughs> yeah. activities uh, that
1: you do on the way? Like, do you land on a box
2: that well, says? Well, the w- yes. yes,
1: Yeah. So um, the board is designed like a mandala and uh, with lotus petals. And on each pedal there are icons. And those icons correspond to the nine different decks of cards. So again, the body, mind, emotion, spirit cards, and then expansion, block, posture, knowledge, and integration cards. So you just roll the dice, and wherever you land, you pick up the corresponding card, and um, you typically you will read the card out loud. There are some that are just action based, where you um, just uh, you know kiss or hug or um, those type of things. But most of it is communication. So you read mm-hmm. the card, you interact uh, with the other person playing, and there there's scoring on each card as well. So it's all about energy, and blocks. So if you answer the card in a very, I would say, uplifting way, then you receive energy. If you answer the card honestly and you feel like there's some stagnation there or a little apprehensive in the information in that card, then you would take a block. Mm-hmm. So the game so is based on... It's probably important yeah. to
2: mention that you know, the, the scoring... The scoring the game ships as a dyad play in which the scoring is for two people and this comes with a score pad. And so as Heather was mentioning, there is two types of scoring, which is an increase of energy and a decrease of blocks is what you want to achieve. But you can, Mm -hmm. you can gain blocks or you can lose energy. You know, it's all about that, that play in, in the human body. And that scoring actually took me years to develop, in which I, you know, is now part of the game where you, you are scoring at two different levels. And on a secret page on the website, we have uh, different play manuals for triad, uh, two couples, four singles, in which it just omits the scoring because it just gets kind of a um, little bit complicated at that level to try to. Uh, create scoring for um, more than two people is it, more about timing. I mean, this is a one to two hour game. And if you're playing with one to three
1: that, hours, initially. Yeah. Uh, and if you're playing oh.
2: with more, that more people, it just takes longer. Um, and mm-hmm. so, but we actually uh, oh, just talked good. to a customer the other day uh, and they, she and her mate just played with two other people. And she said that they broke for dinner, but they played for something like eight hours and they scored. Wow. They scoring and I was just like I was just my they, heart was a glow. Yeah,
1: and they loved it and they were yeah. geeking out over the scoring because they like that technical aspect of it. And, and we played uh, it so many
2: times, and we've yeah. never played for eight hours.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. That's a great testimonial. So yes, if you're was. just joining yeah. us, you're if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio and this is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at sumatisparks.com, and we're speaking with uh, Shane and Heather, who are the creators of the Sacred Sex Game, which is meant to help awaken deep, deep intimacy, communication, and passion between lovers and among lovers. So it's called the Sacred Sex Game. So tell us what what, what is sacred about it, and why do you use that word?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um... Well, the sacred, the actual word sacred, when we think about that in our modern culture, we all interpret that differently, whether it be a sacred site, an ancient megalithic site. Some people see that differently as sacred. Some people view um, churches as different sacredness to them or sacred land or, you know, whatever. The word sacred itself has a, a wide range of interpretation. The way we look at the sacred is is the the sacred sex is a ceremony that people move into and have a intention and a way of interpreting their uh, coming together that is focused and is available to be at their best and highest of what they consider for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sex. The word sex is, you know, we ran into a lot of problems on social media and trying to do ads. And uh, as everyone knows who might, you know, is listening or might be in uh, the education of sex or sexology, that that word is charged. And we felt it was in our, you know, our best interest to really bring this forth in a way that could uh, help heal that word. And make it mm. sacred again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Yeah,
0: because you could have said the sacred relationship game, or the, even the sacred sexuality game, but you kind of claimed the word sex.
2: That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, we sat on it for some time, and then we're like, we're doing this. We're doing it. Yeah. And then we had people <laughs> were telling us, "Well, you might want to call it something different. You know, why don't you mm-hmm. just call it a tantra game or whatever?" And
1: like, no, this is about sex. About sex mm-hmm. and communication yeah. and connecting with people.
2: And our motto is: mm-hmm. great sex is successful communication. And really, you're you're, you're having great sex. You're communicating successfully, uh, whether whether that's with your body language, whether that's with being able to communicate clearly your boundaries or what it is that you desire or want or knowing your uh, partner and what they want. It, it, Communication for sure.
0: Yeah. And I find that so many people have. Well, first of all, um, most people, I was just listening to Dan Savage recently talk about how straight people uh, consent to having sex. And then once they've agreed to have sex, the communication usually ends there. And there's just this routine that that heterosex goes through where there's a makeout session and then there's some oral and then there's some intercourse and he said we can that straight people can learn a lot from gay people because after they consent to have sex the next thing they say is well what are you into and so he he invited straight people to take that on and just use those four words what are you into um, and beautiful. so many of Absolutely. us aren't trained to talk about that to even know to even know what we want let alone be able to ask for it so does the game kind of help people discover some ideas or some words to use to be able to begin to discover what they want and then be able to ask for it?
2: Absolutely. I think that just like, as we discussed before, the elixirs at the beginning can push a lot of buttons on a Mm -hmm. lot of people. And uh, it's not, not all of them are for everyone. And even blocks can really charge people. And, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, just a couple of the end elixirs uh, was: our, tonight you fulfill a sexual fantasy for me, and you have to be specific. Um, tonight we share our sexual fantasies with an open heart and open mind. Tonight you will indulge a fetish of mine. Be specific. Right. Uh, bring on the sex toys. Yeah.
2: And those are specific. just the elixirs, and yeah. I, I could read off a couple cards. Um, one of the block cards is confess. Confess a fun fetish. Um, Another card is uh, I speak my truth in ways that can be received by others. Uh, Express a sex position or sex act that you have always wanted to try. Express Mm -hmm. what you would like your partner to say and or do uh, during foreplay.
1: And then um, just a few more and elixirs uh, play doctor. You have full body exams and honor (laughs) each other's sexual organs. Uh, another one is role playing, dress up, reverse roles, get in care into character. Mm-hmm. Theater time, mm-hmm. choose an act, blindfold, gentle bondage, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. So I, I that's do believe great.
2: that it can it really is. What are you into? <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> uh, and right. Then, you know.
1: Or if if you're just reading it, um, which which was really great, my mom actually uh, read the the instruction booklet cover to cover. And she was silent while she was reading it, you know for i don't know twenty thirty minutes yeah, or so
2: beautiful bridge. and she
1: had a yeah. nice smile on her mm-hmm. face, and she closed it up and you know <laughs> handed it back and you know that was that was it, but it was great you know she's she's uh you know almost eighty years old, and she enjoyed reading the book
0: mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> so I can imagine feeling pretty vulnerable um answering these questions. So is there something that guides people in the beginning to a place of feeling safe to be able to confess these things to one another?
2: Absolutely. You know, the game has a rule base that says that like Heather mentioned earlier, that if the, if a card makes you uncomfortable, you can put it at the bottom of the deck and pick another and no questions are asked. So Mm -hmm. that right there is a, a really a permission, really, to be uh, honoring yourself and your ability to uh, push your own boundaries or not. And uh, the, the In the
1: way that the cards are structured as well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, they are meant for the person who rolled the dice and picked up that card. They, there's nothing in the cards that is meant to charge the other person. Um, playing or people playing, it's really that interpersonal interaction with yourself. Mm-hmm. So,
2: like a card, yeah. for example, a, this is an emotional card, which is one of the outer ring cards, the body, mind, emotion, spirit cards. And on this card, it says, and This is a true false question. So, it says, I am empowered to say yes to, a sex, to sexual actions that open my heart space and no to ones that shut it down. So either Mm, that's true or it's false. So it just kind of starts right in as, am I empowered to say yes to sexual actions that open my heart space, or am I usually shut down? And
1: and the person can answer that as simply as yes or no, mm -hmm. or it could open up a conversation that potentially will last for half an hour. Yeah. And that. Yeah, you
2: pulled one card. I think three games over a course of maybe a couple months where you have got the same card. Oh, right. And the last time she pulled it, we got into a half an hour conversation about something from her childhood that she had never expressed to me before in 12 years. Mm, and having wow. that half an hour conversation, a deep, deep conversation about her past, it was so beautiful and that wasn't the first time she Mm. picked the car it was just finally ready or conscious about it
1: and i was yeah i think i was ready to actually have a conversation about it and let it go
2: yeah and so that's a you know
0: Mm. yeah so this is an example where the journey truly is just as important as the final goal
2: (laughs) absolutely yes absolutely for sure and every game is like heather said beautifully different Uh, we -hmm. continue to learn from it as we continue to learn from ourselves. I remember one of the, actually it was the first time we played the game and one of the mind cards says, I, something about being creative every day in my life. And.
1: Oh, I take time every day to, to, be, to be creative in my life.
2: Be creative in my life. Yes or no. And I was still in that mental framework of stagnation, even though I had spent an entire year developing this game and I was about ready to take the block and say, no, I'm not. And Heather looks at me and goes, are you kidding me?
1: Look, Look what me you just me. created.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <was> really <laughs>
0: right. <Yeah. laughs> beautiful. So um, you said that you're artists. Um, so are you, So, and you did tell me that the game itself is a beautiful work of art that each piece has intention put into it. So can you talk about the game itself and, you know, the physical game and also your artist background that brought you to
2: creating a, a work of art like this. Oh, absolutely. So the game actually is probably important to mention that we made a conscious decision to print the game on a very um, okay. scent, silky fabric. And instead of having a fold-up board game.
1: Cardboard. Cardboard game.
2: game and so, that, you know, the, the play pieces that come with it are semi-precious stones uh, that Ooh. you move around the board with. So it was our intention to create something that felt luxurious, that felt sensual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I chose to pick the game back up uh, two years back, I remember sitting in my studio thinking, okay, now what's the next step? And I had this like flash of like remembrance where I was like, if I pick this game back up, I'm going to make it as the Sri Yantra mantra. And it, it is actually encased in a border like the Sri Yantra. And uh, mm-hmm. it's got uh, seeds of life and ohm symbols around the edges for protection. And uh, it's, You know, it's just designed in a way that has, uh, you know, sacred symbols embedded in it.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I can imagine that just taking the the game out to play is a treat in and of itself before you even
2: start. (laughs) It is. It is. It absolutely is. You know, and we both have uh, photography backgrounds uh, and we, you know, I use software. And so it was, it was really kind of just a translation of moving, uh, the game into a software program and actually designing it that way, as opposed to what I originally had it on corkboard and pencil for years. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a full time artist and I do photography and I do painting and uh, some multimedia stuff as well. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. And didn't you tell me when we spoke before that it's all American
1: made?
2: It is. It's made in the United States. Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, everything, I think except for maybe the box that the cards are in.
2: We purchased um, everything. Yeah. We purchased
1: everything in the yeah, U S yeah. but everything else is manufactured. Um, the The cloth is manufactured in the United States and we, I actually hand cut each one um, and the, storage bags, the carry bags that they come in. Actually, my mom sews them for us. So it's very much a family affair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all the, the cards print- are
2: printed in the United States. Yeah, all the so.
1: cards and paper products. And we made. go down
2: every year to the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show, and we hand-select, hand-pick all the semi-precious stones that come with the, the board. Mm. So. A lot wow, of love. that's amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. Mm. It's hard,
2: you know. We're putting our love into every game and, and blessing it. Yes, and we're sending it out.
0: Mm. So I can imagine it would be really great for a gift as well.
2: I think so.
1: I think so, especially an anniversary gift or um, a wedding gift. A a wedding gift. I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. Why, why not?
1: Wedding? Yeah. If if you're you know into Like, hey, you two need to know how to have great sex. Here you go. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't everybody.
2: (laughs) No, it's so true. So true.
0: Yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about, um, since my my show focuses on people that are uh, practicing ethical non monogamy and open relationships, Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit more about how I know you say you have a, a Kind of a separate set of rules for more than two people playing it. So, can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about how the game adapts to multiple players and what they can get from playing the game?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, the scoring is just a little more complicated in terms of more people and also more time. And so, on that secret page, after the game is purchased, you can go to this page, and after you're there, you realize that there's you know triad rules, there's uh,
1: quad rule. quad
2: rules, uh, there's you know two couples, four singles, and on those manuals, it, you know we made uh, a very intentional focus to talk about clear communication and creating boundaries, you know' it's discussing the boundaries before you start the game. You know, what is everybody like like you said, what are you into? What are you not into? and being very clear about mm-hmm. that. Uh, when the game starts, so that everyone is very mm-hmm. um, transparent about what it is that they're willing to um, be a part of and not willing to be a part of. And,
1: Yeah, what's accepted and and,
2: and so also there's the you know right in the game rules. It's like if any time if any time these boundaries are broken, there are ironclad rules that start at the beginning of the game. Somebody can walk away. It's part of mm-hmm. it's just giving them permission. Like if you're not honoring me. And I walk away. And that, that, that creates a lot of personal um, fortitude strength. and strength yeah. to be able to, you know, be reading this as part mm-hmm. of their gameplay. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, it's about the you know, clear communication right up front and making sure that everyone's comfortable and safe. And then the other part of that is reminding uh, people who are playing to shower everyone with equal attention and be, mm-hmm. whether or not it's giving, giving, being you know, observant of them as they are
1: interacting, interacting
2: or actually showering everyone equally with your attention being and
1: present being Ooh, yeah. present.
2: Yes. And then, uh, for example, on the triad ruling or in the triad game set, we have different modes of interaction, which is, you know, you can roll the dice and each person is assigned, um, different, um, numbers on the dice. And if you roll them, then that's who you interact with based on the card or you could go clockwise and everyone on your left or on your your right or flip flop back and forth and give equal attention based on cards or, um, you know, so stuff like that, which is unique to the multiple players as opposed to the dyad in which you're making sure that you're kind of moving along with the game and, and not getting hung up on, um, you know the scoring or, or the mechanics
1: of it. Yeah, per se. yeah. Because yeah. I mean, we're all adults, so if you wanted to create your own set of rules with the game as well,
2: we celebrate that. Have at it, absolutely.
0: <laughs> right. So yeah, I was thinking, um, how would the game work for? Let's say there's a couple, and one of them um, has an, a new lover, or maybe not necessarily new, but has a has a lover. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not a triad as far as like they're not all three sexual. Like there's two metamors and then there's two couples in the triad. So how would the game work for that type of triad to become more intimate together and more trusting when it's the type of triad, we call it a V where two people are sharing one lover?
2: Right. So the way in which that would work would you really kind of looking at back to um, what would you call it like a one person is drawing the card and then each time they focus on that lover to in order to mm. when it comes to the posture cards like reciprocal breathing so you you would have two people eye gazing reciprocal breathing or getting into a posture and then and then the third person is an onlooker and an observer and holding the space which is what we I really emphasize which is holding space, which in itself is so powerful, so dynamic, mm-hmm. and can be mm-hmm. in itself very exhilarating. And so mm-hmm. the – and then when you get to things like, um, you, know, you know, cards like I'm empowered to say yes to sexual actions that open my heart space, that's very personal. But then when you mm-hmm. have a card that says show your partner how you'd like to be undressed, that, you know, you could – easily do that in the presence of the third person, or if you chose, mm-hmm. you could get up and, and uh, or you could just talk about it. I mean, and that's the thing about mm-hmm. the cards, in which show your partner how you'd like to be undressed. You, you don't have to actually get up and undress.
1: Yeah. yeah, you can interpret it.
2: You can interpret it however you moment. want. Or, you know, express mm-hmm. a sexual posture that you would have always wanted to try. You can express that in whatever you want. You don't have to get into it. So I think, yeah. that, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, I'm just having all these great ideas about it because so often when your partner takes on a new lover, you can often have these fantasies about the way that they're making love and feel like you're less than and insecure mm-hmm. and have all these images. But when you have a, a tool like this that allows you to sacredly hold that and be able to watch your lover with their other lover in a sacred way that you're invited to watch and hold space and see the way they interact it becomes a beautiful sacred experience rather than um the fantasies you make up in your head that oh they're hanging from the chandelier every night you know (laughs) it just kind of normalizes it and includes you into that energy so i think this would be a great tool for that kind of situation
2: yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it uh you know, again, back to the communication and showering everyone equally and that it has that interpretation as well, of just being present. And being I think it's huge.
1: For each player to actually be open to playing the game, there's already a level of um wanting this and you know, striving to be more open hearted and communicative and and reciprocal with the way that each one of us is giving and receiving
0: Mm -hmm. in life. Right. Um, Do people ever get triggered in the middle of the game, like maybe a memory of an old trauma and, um, you know, really have kind of a, uh, a body memory of some traumatic events and is there a way that they can be held in that
2: throughout the game? Yeah. Well, that, you know, that could happen in line at the bank. Yeah. And so (laughs) we made sure, right. I mean, we made sure that the game is, is open to a wide range of interpretation. However, it doesn't have any verbiage that specifically create triggers
1: talks Or talks about, or path, talks
2: about path, path in uh, a way that would trigger somebody. So if a card triggers somebody, it has a very light feather to it as opposed to a very open and blunt way of, of somebody interacting with that. And then, you know, all of a sudden the other people playing are like, well, what's up? What's wrong? You know, so you can really kind of have that range of interpretation. And then we have cards like the knowledge cards that talk about being present for emotional release and really giving attention and holding space or gentle touch while somebody is going through something. So there is that, that kind of, again, not without getting too technical, we didn't want to bring so much in with the Tantra where, you know, you're doing energy work on a major scale, moving through massive blocks, you know, as you're playing the game, it's more of a, you know. If it comes up like like
1: that one time that it came up for me from, Past childhood trauma. Um, I was available and open to talking about it, and I felt good about it. And then I released it. But like Shana said, I had pulled that card multiple times in previous gameplays before that happened, and you know I was ready. Yeah. So I think hmm. I think it's very. If it happens, it will happen naturally. Uh, but there is nothing in the game that w- would charge anything like that.
2: Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. abuse as a child or a uh, lover cheating or no, no cards like that. And it, that was very important for us because I really wanted to create something, you know, we wanted to create something that was safe and yet expands boundaries and has a lot of fun to it. So, you know, it, it was a, it's a fine line. It took me a lot of work to make mm-hmm. sure that uh, the, the cards were, um, as neutral, yeah, as, as neutral as possible.
1: Yeah,
0: as neutral as possible, yeah. Okay, well, so in the last few minutes that we have, um, go ahead and share with us, like, what have been some of the benefits of your relationship from creating this game and playing it?
2: Sure. Yeah,
1: I, I think we're definitely having more fun, and we're we definitely have a more playful spirit on a daily basis which I think uh, is very important for us. And I know it's important for me
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: just to be able to laugh.
2: And, um, Actually, oh. you could tell a story. Last year, okay. right around um, Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, I, for whatever reason, and we live uh, in a place that you know it gets cold at night. It's snow. It's snow. And I chose at the Clear Blue to strip the bathroom uh, tile Tile and reseal it and we had to open up the windows for two days and mind you he was not happy with me oh no this was over christmas last year yeah Yeah. and i said i we sat down and we played the game oh
1: no it was about two days of like me just being infuriated with him and then i think it was christmas christmas night he was like shane was like do you want to play the game and i I looked at him and i'm like, "Oh." Yeah,
2: sure. Let's <laughs> play the game.
1: Like, oh, things were really heightened um, in the in those. And you know, days.
2: twenty minutes in, we were laughing and giggling, and we had a wonderful night. Yeah, we, and, and yeah, we played with
1: our robes on. And, yeah, and yeah, we had lit a fire. Yeah. And, yeah, so it,
2: it, it you know even in those little circumstances where I just did something totally off the wall, and we just rekindled and were able to really capture in twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was nice. And then, you know, release all of
1: the previous, you know, daily, daily drama. But it's actually
2: gotten to remind us about doing things like intentional breathing, Mm -hmm. moving energy. There are cards that, you know, help you move the energy up the spine and eye gazing, holding each other tight. You know, just the things that, you know, like you said, you just kind of get a routine sometimes and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like, okay, this is what happens next. And so it just reminded us to continually be spontaneous as much as possible as we uh, interact. And
0: And so even though you're, you're the ones that designed the game, did you learn new things about each other from playing it that surprised you like fantasies and fetishes and things? Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: I would say we are students to the game it is its own master, and we are happily, I think, lifelong students of this game. Yeah. And uh, we feel very blessed that we were able to put so much love and detail into this and bring it out to the world for people to experience for themselves.
0: I hope. Do you think at some point you might be adding um, like a a second card deck or additional cards at some point in the future? Uh,
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: I think in the future. um, However, there are 270 cards. And Mm -hmm. like Shane said, for if two people are playing, you might pull 70 cards total for Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. for both of you. So Mm -hmm. every game is different. Um, We do Mm -hmm. have,
2: and concepts, so, yes, we yeah, definitely cards. have expansion decks because I had some 400 cards that I had to sift through, yeah. and you know how you know you dwindle those down in order to create okay. something that's more, you know comprehensive and not too many cards. And so we do have cards like uh, you know fetish cards or um, you know sensual touch cards or more posture cards, same sex cards and then even moving into multiple player cards. I mean, that's all on the table. Uh, you know, we've Mm -hmm. been full on, we just celebrated our one year anniversary in September and, uh, Mm -hmm. we are still kind of learning the ropes on, uh, you know, manufacturing and, uh, we just had some alarming manufacturing costs that just came in as we're ready to do a Mm -hmm. second run. And, uh, Mm. It uh, it was increased by threefold <laughs> for for our cards mm, and you know yeah. stuff like that where you just kind of you can't plan for and so we need, we need to still focus on the game itself and then we'll probably do kickstarters for the expansion decks yeah you know, sure. when we mm-hmm. have a you know the the client base uh, the customer base yeah
0: beautiful well that's really great so we just have a couple minutes left and I want you to take this time to tell our listeners. How they can reach you, how they can um, purchase the game. And I believe you also have an offer for our listeners. So take it away. You have a couple minutes.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, You can find us at sacredsexgame.com. And we're also on a lot of social media Instagram, Facebook, again, under the same name, Sacred Sex Game, Pinterest. And Pinterest. Uh, We do offer a $10 off for all of your fans. Till the end of the year, and that's for $10 off a game. And the code is SPARKS2018. So that's Sumadi's last name, SPARKS2018.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's good until
1: the end of the year, December 31st,
2: 2018. It's it's probably important to mention uh, that we uh, are going to be increasing the cost of a sacred sex game, the standard version, uh, on December 1st. And we are going to be discontinuing the deluxe version uh, on December 1st as well, or, or until mm-hmm. supplies run out. Uh, just like okay. I had mentioned, the in, increased uh, um, uh, manufacturing. manufacturing costs have just kind of forced our hand to kind of get it up into the range that we uh, anticipated it would be at anyway. So it's kind of been on discount for a year, Honestly, and so December first is the is the cutoff for uh, this price.
1: So right now, the standard version of Sacred Sex Game is one hundred and fifty nine dollars, and on December first, that will jo- will go up to one hundred and seventy nine dollars. Yeah.
0: Got it. Okay, so get your Christmas gift yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So great. Code, again, well, thank is, you so much. Yeah.
2: yeah go ahead. Oh. Oh, yeah. The Spark Sparks uh, twenty eighteen. I think it's actually in the header for the radio show as well
0: yes i'm putting it in the show notes okay well thank you so much for um, taking the time to be with us today on the show and i wish you the best of luck with your game and your love and your relationship
2: Thanks, thank somebody. you thank you smarty
0: okay good night good night the so next next week on leading edge love radio please join us at 6 p.m pacific time where we'll be speaking with Hala Fauzi. She's a fascinating woman who's literally been traveling the world, dancing wherever she goes, and she's a a splendid woman. So please join us and learn about her world-traveling dancing adventure. And we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone.